0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Hi, everyone. It's the final episode of Work Party Money Moves Founders Framework. Over the past four weeks, I've been interviewing some incredible female founders on how they would break down a $10,000 small business loan to start a business. Today is a special episode because it's the last installment in this five part series, and we've decided to flip the script to close it out. While we've enjoyed learning about the many ways each of these founders would strategically spend their startup money, we wanted to take this last episode in the series to shine a spotlight on the scenario from the bank's point of view. And that's why joining me today is Rebecca Rice, an expert on small business loans and an advocate for small business owners everywhere. If you're not familiar with her work, Rebecca Rice is a small business regional executive at Bank of America. She leads a team of 200 small business leaders and teammates to help the small business community thrive. More specifically, she helps the small business team to put capital into our communities, drive revenue growth, acquire client relationships, and provide a world-class customer experience. She's been serving small businesses for almost 20 years and even started a business of her own during the pandemic. This personal experience has given her an even greater lens into the bank's products and services and has made her a better advocate for small business owners she serves every day. So the question I'm posing to Rebecca is, how would you advise a small consumer packaged good business to use the $10,000 loan to successfully grow their business? As someone with experience advising small businesses and embarking on her own entrepreneurial journey, Rebecca has a very unique perspective on the founder's framework situation. And in this episode, she's sharing the inside scoop. So, Rebecca, it's such a pleasure to have you on Work Party today. I'm really excited to dive in and hear about how you would spend this $10,000 in funding. So to kick it off, I'd love if you could tell us about your initial background, education, early stages of your career, and how you ended up at Bank of America. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you this. I come certainly from humble beginnings. I was the
0: first in my family to graduate college and raised by my grandmother. And I'll tell you something I always told myself is no matter what I do, I'm going to make her proud for investing everything that she has into me and to graduate college and so much more. So believe it or not, my education is from the University of South Florida, and I studied computer engineering. And I take what I learned and put that into my work every day in banking. Coding teaches you to think in all outcomes, which helps ensure you have a plan regardless of some of the uncontrollables that come your way. It makes you think of what is unexpected. So one could ask, how do you go from coding to banking? And there was certainly influencers in that decision. My mother-in-law worked for Bank of America for 44 years, 44. I'm not sure if I've ever seen someone so passionate about that work and, and candidly it intrigued me. And like anything, I was scared to take everything I knew and pivot to a completely different industry. But my boyfriend, now husband of 17 years, and you'll see why, encouraged me not to worry about my education, but more so to do what I felt passionate about and success would find me. So I quit a great job in engineering. I was a project lead in technology, and I started a position with Bank of America And I've had an incredible journey helping clients find success, helping my teammates find the best versions of themselves. And I've been leading teams for well over a decade. And I found my passion here, too, just like my mother-in-law and took the great advice of my husband. And 19 years later, I sit in front of you.
1: Wow. We'll do our next series on how to retain an employee for 44 years because <laughs> that in itself is a massive feat and then generationally passing it down. I love that. So you have this really unique role within the company. Can you tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day looks like?
0: Absolutely. So for me, I you mentioned earlier about the size of the team that I lead. And I'll tell you Much of it is making sure that I invest the education and the coaching into our leaders and into our small business specialists to give small business owners the best advice that they can. And making sure that the advice is relevant is something that I'm always focused on. Making sure that it's timely. You think about how an advice would change when you're going through a pandemic. It looks different than it did three years ago. So I work very hard with my leaders to make sure that our team is ready and positioned to give small business owners cash flow advice. And I'm sure we'll talk about that
1: later. Definitely. And I'm sure you've been very busy over the past few (laughs) years. Pandemic coupled with a potential recession. There's a lot going on. And for small business owners, this is a scary time. There's lots of ups and downs, but there's also a lot of exciting things that are happening, a lot of innovation and things like that. So let's dive into setting the scene. So a small business owner comes to you and they have $10,000 to kickstart their business and it's time for them to make some moves. So before we get into the nitty gritty, can you share with us how small business owners should approach developing a framework for these funds? Because $10,000, we got to really think about like how to maximize our budgets there. So what would you say? How do you start to think about this?
0: So when you start a business, there is a lot to think about. And before you put pen to paper and and really put down how will I use the money, you've got to think about a couple of things on how that's allotted. First and foremost, is there a need for the business? What problems or difficulties does does your product really solve and does your business solve? Are you going to have adequate profit that you need to support your life and your family, which I'm, you know, again, I'm sure we'll develop later, but But what are the business's limitations? Is your idea simple or complex? Is the market ready for your business? Can your customers afford your product? How do you make sure that you research your competition? Because all costs lead to a price point for your client. Can you compete? And you have to back into that. And you've got to think about, does your idea Feel a real need? And also, when you think about the cost, does the need have to be generated? Do I know I need you? And if I don't, then that, that need may need to be generated through marketing and advertising.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what are some of the most common unexpected startup costs you've come across in your experience advising businesses? Because we all know there's those costs that you're like, how, wait, how much does that cost? So, what are those sort of unexpected costs that people should be thinking about?
0: This may be an uncommon answer, but it's time. And there are only so many hours in a day as a business owner. And whether you're doing business yourself or you're paying someone to complete a job, time costs money. And it, and it always seems to be underestimated. So if you're selling a consumable good, like a beverage, you have to think about as far as what you're doing, how do, you, how do you buy the product? Is the beverage already bottled? Do you have to bottle it? That takes time. Does it come with a label or do you have to label it? That takes time. And so when you think about how you buy, and in this case, right, let's just say a consumable good and you produce it you've got to think about what is the cost from the very first point that you put in money to the time that you collect it. And we think about the cost of the bottle, the cost of the label, the cost of right, the beverage that's going to fill the bottle. But what we don't account for is how much time it will take from that first dollar you place out of your business so when you're going to collect your first dollar from the client.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Great advice there. So true. All the nitty-gritty details that you need to be thinking about on top of it, your own time, your team's time, et cetera. So mm-hmm. can you give some specific examples of tools and resources small business owners might not know exist where they can find more information, access more information? Cause I think that's the most common question is like, what do I do next? And there's not really a good answer for that, but there might be some tools out there that you guys have access to.
0: I I get excited when I talk about these for sure. There are two things. So I won't pick everything. I'll pick two things that I would recommend. One, something that recently launched is a Start a Business Center with Bank of America. And there are researches, or there's research, excuse me, about this very topic, whether it's learning and then planning to start the business, forming the business. What kind of entity do you pick? Is it a sole proprietor? Is it an LLC? Is it a corporation? How do you pick that right structure? What do you consider when you set up your banking, create a business plan? You don't have to do that alone. And so, so many times we talk about people, but there is a one-stop shop in terms of a resource to start a business. There is a dedicated site to that. And then the second is, you know, after you start a business, your learning doesn't stop, right? You're Your, I guess your thirst for information will never stop to get better. And so there's also a small business resources site that Bank of America has. And whether it's topics about business finances, adjusting cash flow in the environment and the economy that we're in, operations, how to grow or move forward can get muddy. And there is so much out there in terms of education, again, around cash flow, how to build credit why it's important sources to get capital even outside of banking tax basics i could go on and on for a very long time but those are the two things that i would look at if you're starting a business definitely go to that site and find the start a business center and then the other one is the small business resources site whether you just started yesterday or you've been in business for 10 years i you can find value in that website
1: Bank of America knows that women entrepreneurs often face challenges in accessing the necessary capital and resources to run and grow your own businesses. That's why they invest in partnerships that connect you to the mentoring, training, and capital you need to find success. You can get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Work with local specialists one-on-one to meet with the unique needs of your business learn about sources of funding through the access to capital directory or find financing opportunities through the Tory Birch Bank of America capital program. You can even earn a certificate in women's entrepreneurship through the free Bank of America Institute for Women's Entrepreneurship at Cornell, an online learning portal that provides women entrepreneurs with the skills, knowledge, and resources to build, manage, and scale a business. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash women business owners. Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? So to back up for for a second, one thing I want to discuss is this $10,000, right? So small business owners can utilize banks early on for the capital they can provide but i think a lot of people have questions on how this process works so can you walk us through as a small business owner how i can talk to my bank about my needs and what i would need to launch a company or sustain the company that i've already launched
0: sure well so many times you'll find that startup lending is is hard and, you know, when you think about the lending that that banks do, we're going to look at the ability to pay. And so, start simple. And what I mean by that is, as you're talking to, and definitely talk to a specialist, talk to a banker about what you plan to do, how you plan to do it, and and in, in talk through things like something as simple as a business credit card. I think of that as a 30-day free loan. And so if I have something, and I'll, I'll give another example. Actually, let's give the same example of the bottled beverage. If I know that to buy the bottle, buy the label, put it together, takes me, let's say five days. And then I know I can sell it in 10 days. That's 15 days. If I have a 30-day free loan from a bank, if I can purchase those things on a credit card, I don't have to use my own money. And So now I'm using money to make money, because I bought the bottle, the label, right, shipped it out, all of these things on the card, and then I collected my money in 15 days. If in 15 days I made, let's just call it 1,000 dollars, I can do that twice in 30 days. I can make then $2,000 in sales. And I never spent a dime of my own money. So in things that you can spend the bank's money, potentially get rewards for it, and then make money, that's some of the best money that you can use.
1: That was amazing. I hope everyone was taking notes because (laughs) that is such an interesting way to view it. Because I think sometimes people approach it as a lump sum. I'm going to owe this money. I'm going to have to like, you know, I'm nervous about taking on this cash. But if you're starting to think about it as this kickstart into your business, that's Mm going to be generating capital. It really kind of takes a little bit of the weight off your own personal finances to be like, oh, this is something that I can go, I can talk to them about it. You can have this relationship. And it's so important to to know about all the different options, because I think, especially for women, you know, there, it feels very isolating to like that. There isn't that many options It's impossible Mm -hmm. to get this venture funding, but there are these small solutions you can take part in and grow over time and grow alongside your business. So absolutely a lifesaver in that way. So back to the $10,000. What do you think the highest priority is for a small business owner when starting their business? Like, where what should be their number one place to think about spending those first couple dollars?
0: Well, you you have to do your homework. You have to be conservative. And you really have to think about the cost to make money. What, what are the non-negotiables that you need? And I, I keep on going back to a simple, right, bottled beverage of some sorts, but you have to buy the bottles right you have to buy the label you have to be able to package it and send it out make sure that your money is going to things that make you money if you know if you were going to say i'm going to spend money on marketing you've you've got to have a goal you've got to measure you've got to do your homework to understand how many customers do i think that's going to bring me and if you don't know the answer mm-hmm do more homework because you've got to know in your plan exactly what you need.
1: That leads to perfectly make money. Into my next- <laughs> yes. To make money, I focus on spending money. That's going to make you money. But a good question is at what point do small business owners start to invest in branding and marketing and all those different things? Because completely aligned with what you're saying, you need mm-hmm. the product to sell the product. But now it's like, when do I take that dive into marketing?
0: You know, I, I, I'll i say this because it's a really good question. And and where do you draw the line? Even in my own business, it's hard to determine, but you have to think, what are the functional things that I need at the very beginning to start and to be able to measure, right? Do I need more? Do I, do I push forward or do I pull back? A couple of things that I will say before you open real or virtual doors, you've got to get your word out about the business. And so consumers live online, people live online, and they have to know that you're open for business. I would certainly invest in a company website, and that's going to be a way that you can get your brand out there. You think about search engine optimization. Most people begin their search for a product or service with a search like Google or Bing. So it makes sense to invest in those things So that way your website is indexed by search engines. And then also something that is not as expensive as people think is is pay-per-click. You don't have to be an expert to achieve high visibility ranking and search results. So that kind of advertising can really get you some space on websites. And then the other part is, and, and sometimes this is free or very low cost, is you've got to have a strong social media presence in today's world. It can become as important, if not more important, than your website. It's one of the key ways to communicate with the world. So concentrate on building a presence on the platforms your potential customers use the most. And so if they're on Instagram, you need to be on Instagram. Look and see what competitors are doing. What are other people in your industry doing? And make sure that what you do includes photographs and videos
1: yes absolutely and i i saw this funny meme and it always reminds me of it but it was like what what's been the biggest surprise about being a small business owner. And it was like having to create content 24-7 because it's a new problem for small business owners, right? It's like not only do you have to make a great shampoo, a great soda, a great whatever, but you also have to become a marketer and a content creator and be talking about your business all the time. So definitely having some fun set aside for that makes a lot of sense. So we've gone through the branding and marketing. We've talked about the product. These are all important costs. Let's talk about operational costs. So Capital expenditure is the money you use to buy, improve, or extend the life of assets within your business, so your technology, your vehicles, cash register, whatever it is, you, the physical items that support business. So what mm-hmm. kind of items do you think are necessary to have when launching a CPG-based business? And what percentage of this 10K is going to op- operational costs?
0: Well, a couple of things. So when you think about your assets, your capital expenditure, a lot of great businesses have been started from homes or garages. So when you think about $10,000, think in the sense of what do you need to get your brand out, attract clients, sell your product. And that may not mean physical space. That may mean it's just online. That may mean that you sell it to other retailers. So how do you get it out and what are some of the the simple basic costs that help you make money? So technology Simple marketing, absolutely to start. If you have to deliver your products in some way, shape, or form, then consider getting a vehicle financed under the business. That is typically something that, even as a startup, you can get accomplished. And so, really look at those things, but start to some regards small so you really understand did your plan come to life? How do you adjust? Did the cost of your goods change in any way, shape, or form? from what you originally planned. That'll give you an opportunity to calibrate and build. Everything doesn't have to be done in one month. Constantly look at, are you making money? Reinvest it back into the business when you can, but stick to what, what brings clients to you and sells your product.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk about scale and growing and the next step in this entrepreneurial journey. So. Talk to us about establishing a line of business credit. I feel like that is something that scares a lot of people. They are not sure how to do it. They don't know exactly what it means. So what are some of the options small business owners have and how can these founders build credit and build a bridge toward business credit later on as they're growing their company?
0: So this is one of the number one things, candidly, that I teach, because when you think about borrowing money from a bank, you have to think about the loan purpose. So many times, either myself or my team will talk to clients and they'll they'll think they need a line of credit. But the first question will always be, what do you need it for? And a simple way to think about this is how long is it going to take for you to pay it back? And, you know, we'll spitfire a couple of examples. If you're buying real estate, you don't need a line of credit. It's going to take you years to pay it off, right? That's a simple one and kind of a humorous one. It's going to take you years. You don't buy real estate with a line of credit. But do you buy a car with a line of credit, even if it's cheap? No. Do you buy equipment with a line of credit? Not if it's going to take you longer than a year to pay off. A line of credit is meant to help you bridge receivables, right? Or when clients pay you. And I'm going to give you an example. Go back to this bottling business. I Apparently, I I really like beverages today. And so you think about beverages. I described a scenario where it takes 15 days for a full cycle, right? From the point that I paid for the bottle all the way to when my client paid me for the beverage. But what if I'm importing those bottles from overseas? It's going to take a lot longer to get to me. And so now my 15 days, maybe it takes me three weeks to get bottles. So now from the point that I paid for my bottles, that takes me three weeks. Now add the other week or two on there. Now I'm over 30 days. I can't use my business credit card for that anymore. And so now the line of credit is the money that you want to use because it takes me more then that's 30 days to collect money from my clients, but it takes me less than a year to pay off. That's how you want to think about a line of credit. Another way is you can think about — and there's SBA loans and other you know, types of facilities for this, but when you think about a line of credit also, it can be, you know what, Jacqueline, I, I want to hire somebody else. Well, it may not take me. A year to to pay off the value that that additional salesperson does for me, and so maybe I need a line of credit for those types of operational costs because I want to grow my business, and so those are the things to consider. And so let me recap this thought for just a moment: if what you are going to do and how you're going to use money, it's going to take you less than thirty days. Use the business credit card. Most come with rewards. You'll earn, you know, extra points, cash back, whatever that alludes to. And you really don't—you're not paying interest if you pay that off when you receive your statement. But if it's going to take from 30 days to 12 months, now you want to look at a line of credit. If it's going to take you more than a year, it's really important that you fix that cost. A line of credit, the interest rate can fluctuate. In this environment, that's something to consider. But when something's gonna take you longer than a year, you fix the rate, you fix the cost, you fix the payment, and you create, right, a predictable expense for your business and not something that may be unpredictable and something you can't afford two years from now.
1: Incredible! That was a masterclass in credit lines. I love it. So I hope that was helpful. So since you're so amazing at this, I'm gonna. I want to talk to you about CDFI. So, how should a small business owner approach those?
0: So first, I think it's important to to explain to our audience what is a CDFI, just in case. So a CDFI is a community development financial institution, and they provide capital mentoring and financial advice to support small businesses. And sometimes it's, you know, affordable housing, fresh food markets, healthcare centers, nonprofit organizations, operating in lower income communities. And let me take a second just to brag on my company of 19 years. Bank of America is the largest private investor in CDFIs in the United States with $1.6 billion billion in loans and investments and over 250 CDFIs. And so when you think about that, we're extending the reach on what we can do on a direct basis and straight into our communities. And so this is another case where my advice will be repetitive. Do your homework. And so when you think about CDFIs, just like we talked about consumers going online, each of you should do the same thing because you don't wanna just go to any CDFI, there is usually a minority business, a certain community, those types of things that they are right pointed towards. So I, I'm sure there are many, I'm well-versed on ours, but even on our website, we have a CDFI locator tool where you can go on and you can find out what are the organizations in your state and your community. What are some of the parameters about how to borrow money from them? What are some of the guidelines, the requirements, the minimum amounts? And so do your homework. So much of that information is online. And then when you do that work and you go, okay, this fits exactly what I'm trying to accomplish, that's when you call them, engage them, whether it's contact us through the website, go into them, make an appointment. That's where you go and sit down and say, I've done my homework. This is what I see, you know, let me tell you a little bit about the business and let's see if we can do business together. But they are an incredible asset to our communities and just the same, I tell you with the 1.6 billion that we put into the community, it's a big deal. And it's a resource I find that not many people are aware of. So I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Every business owner may make different moves to run her business, but each one knows that it's essential to have the ongoing support of a trusted partner. By teaming with Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. As you start to run or grow your business, turn to dedicated local specialists for help every step along the way. Connect with long-standing partners to build your knowledge and to find a network of peers and mentors. You also have access to Powerful digital tools and resources at your fingertips so you can manage your own accounts, find access to capital, and discover opportunities to grow your business. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com slash smallbusiness. Bank of America, what would you like the power to do? So one question I would love to get into is how do founders make sure they have the funds to live their life while also building this business? I think one of the questions that I always get asked is like, how much do you pay yourself as a founder? Do you pay yourself as a founder? Do you budget that into the funds? Like how does that sort of work and what would your suggestion be?
0: You know, the speed of that really depends on do you have another income in your household? And if that has the ability to pay the bills, right, and some of the required things for you to live your life, then you may not at first. You may reinvest buy more bottles of naples. And so that may be the case. But if this is your livelihood, my advice is start with your pay, what you need in your budget as well. When you think about how to spend that $10,000, consider how you're going to make the money, not only to pay the business bills, but your bills. So you have to think about your pay as a hard cost. A business does not function without its owner, especially when you're just getting started. So you have to think of yourself as one of your greatest assets and having the ability to pay your own bills is an important part of that. The business is not going to run without you.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So I'm a small business owner. I'm listening to this episode. I'm like, I need to go into my bank. What questions should I be armed with or bring to the conversation when I go to have this conversation with my bank?
0: So when you go to talk to your bank, I would ask a couple of things. One, actually, I would I would do a couple of things. One, get to know them. Tell them as a business where where you've been, where you are, and where you're trying to go. Bankers are armed, right? Trained, ready, and passionate about helping you. Let them help you. And, and when you think about cash flow, they're going to find some unexpected things. You know, so many times we think we know the answers, but then we talk to a friend or we talk to somebody else, right? And they teach us something new. Bankers are the same way. Ask them, you know, tell them how you attract a dollar, bring in a dollar, spend a dollar and let them help you find ways to shrink that cycle. Think about what we talked about before, 30 days collecting money or 15 days collecting money is a very different thing because you can collect your profits once or twice just on one simple thing. And that's where you get your bottle. And so we don't think of that sometimes as, as business owners of finding maybe a different vendor to Speed up the rate of which you produce your product and sell your product. All of that and how money is related is your cash flow. That is how we give advice. You're never going to realize that until you go in and you take the time to let a banker get to know you, how you're running your business. There's no judgment. There's only a desire to help.
1: Absolutely. So before we go, I want to wrap up with some rapid fire sentence finishers for you. Okay. A non-negotiable for my day is?
0: Keeping my day very simple and pointed towards the things, right, that accelerate the business. Keep processes simple so you can focus more time on your employees and your clients.
1: The best advice I ever gave a small business owner was?
0: cash flow is the lifeblood. Of your business
1: amen it pays to be besties with your bank because
0: you don't want to wait on an emergency to find out who your banker is or how helpful they can be start building that relationship early it will pay dividends and dividends down the road when you need and don't even expect broader support and advice
1: a small business owner just had a huge win what's the first thing they should do
0: celebrate hard for 30 seconds Maximum 30 minutes and then pick it apart. Pick that success apart so you know how it happened. Can you replicate it? And remember, positive client feedback is important. Ask that client that you have with that big win for more referrals. And so clients are the best marketing tool that has ever been created.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. Where can listeners connect with you and learn more about Bank of America's work with small business owners?
0: Absolutely. Well, for me personally, you can always follow me, connect with me on LinkedIn. But I would also encourage you to follow Bank of America for Business on any social media platform. But one more I would definitely follow is Sharon Miller. She's our head of small business within Bank of America. She also puts out great content about small business solutions, resources. And so many inspirational stories
1: from clients we can all learn from. Love it. Thank you so much, (laughs) Rebecca. Absolutely. Thank you.